In this passage, we're reminded that when we have to wait, we can hope. Hey, everybody. I'm Lindsay Knuckles. I'm Suzanne Martin. And welcome to the Find and Follow podcast, where our goal is to help you engage your faith outside of Sunday. So our latest series is called This Passage Changed My Life. And over the past few weeks, we've been having conversations with different guests about their own scripture passages Mm -hmm. that changed their lives. So today we are joined by our friend, Nick Schreiber. Nick, thanks so much for being here. Welcome, Nick. So glad you're with us. Thank you for inviting me. I'm glad to be here. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Nick, introduce yourself. Tell us who you are. Yeah, Nick Schreiber. I've been married for almost 19 years. Hey, there it is. I have four kids, uh, three girls and a boy, ranging in ages from 15 down to eight, which is a fun season right Mm -hmm. now for for us as a family. Um, I've been at New City for about six years. I get to work with you wonderful people along with many others, and I'm the care pastor. So I get to care for people who are navigating Mm. different seasons or hard things in their life and help our church to to respond in those moments, um, which is a, it's a joy. It's a gift. Well, Nick, thanks so much for being here. We're glad that you're here. Um, so I would love to hear what is the passage from the Bible that changed your life? Yeah, well, I I would say first, there's so many Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. I could point to, but the one that just, just resonates right now. And as I thought about this moment is John chapter 11, verses 25 and 26. And it's a pretty familiar passage, but let me just read it. Um, It says this, Jesus told Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never, ever die. And then he looks to Martha and says, do you believe this? And and again, th- those two verses, I think growing up in a Christian home, I, I, I came across those verses pretty early in my life and memorized them. And I, we can we'll probably talk more about why, um, but that's, the, that's the, the couple verses. And actually the whole passage, John chapter 11, is pretty significant for me. So what was it that grabbed you the first time you read it? Like what brought you to that, that like, brings you back to that passage? As a young middle school kid, mm-hmm. you know, I... As many of us probably do, you think about death, you think about mm-hmm. dying and what that would be like, mm-hmm. and there's a fear. Mm-hmm. And I and that's a that's a part of my story and helping me kind of come to the gospel, come to the to what Jesus has done for us was was just had a fear of death. And and I remember this passage along with a few others and just clung mm-hmm. to this idea that Jesus is the resurrection and the life and that that because of who he is, I don't need to be afraid. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's kind of what first brought me to it and just memorized mm-hmm. it and was able to kind of kind of know that in the midst of whatever fears about death or, or, or whatever, to, to be able to go, well, Jesus says that mm-hmm. he actually is the source of life. And that if I believe, and there's a big, big emphasis on belief in this passage, if mm-hmm. I believe in him, that even if I die, um, I will live. Mm, and it's pretty, it's pretty, pretty, pretty uh, monumental. Yeah. This profound peace that you got from just that passage mm-hmm. and understanding that. Yeah. yeah. What is the whole passage of John 11? Because you mentioned these two verses, but also the passage itself being impactful to you. Yeah, and I think that's where, as I continue to go back to it, there's so many different themes in it. And so the story itself is um, John chapter 11 starts out with Jesus being with his disciples, um, being being in a different place than where where this where his friend Lazarus is. Mm-hmm. And Lazarus was the brother of Mary and Martha. And so the story kind of picks up with Mary, Martha, and Lazarus uh, kind of being in Bethany. Lazarus is sick, and he's dying. Mm-hmm. 
and and they send message to Jesus that hey your friend that you love is sick Jesus receives a message but then says something like you know what his his sickness isn't going to end in death um, and and actually it says because he loved them he stayed where he was for two days, which is kind of a unique, kind of mm-hmm. interesting uh, verse there at the beginning. Um, but he does. He stays two more days. But then um, further on the passage, he travels to Bethany. And that's where you find out that, that Lazarus has actually been dead for four days. And there's this beautiful story of him ministering to the two sisters and then raising Lazarus from the dead, uh, proving or validating mm-hmm. what he says in the passage that he is the resurrection and life. It's yeah, pretty that's awesome. great. I've always um, resonated with Martha in this story, and she's one of um, Lazarus's sisters. And when Jesus like comes, you know, to where they are, mm-hmm. she says, and it's actually I think the verse like right before that, um, or one of the verses right before what you were saying. But she says um, to Jesus, "Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died." And there's something so <laughs> profound and humbling and honest about that, you know, Mm -hmm. that we have that kind of, um, like we can say those kind of things to, to God, you know, and there's just like the ache and the grief in that sentence. It's like, in the, in the, like the realness of that, you know, yeah, Mm -hmm. there's like this authenticity Mm -hmm. of like, if you had been here, you know, he wouldn't have died when he died. And so, and I think Mary even maybe says that later. Says the same thing. Says the same Mm -hmm. thing. And actually, I think that is one thing that really stands out about this passage is that, is that you do see this real authenticity in the yes. midst of grief, in the midst yes. of the struggle, mm-hmm. in the midst of the sadness, where, where again, Jesus isn't afraid of our questions. Mm. Right. He's not afraid of, 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 of all the different realities that we go through. And actually, he can relate to them. Yeah. Because right. he's navigating He's that going too. through the emotions. They're going through the emotions. It, you know, it's the shortest passage. Jesus wept is right here in the middle of chapter yeah. 11. And, but there's so much emotion going through it when you read it. So... Yeah. It's, it's, they're okay. We, we, he wants to know how we feel. Mm-hmm. Like, I think we are afraid to say why. why. And I think that's one of the things that has stood out to me more recently mm-hmm. is that you see in this passage Jesus's deep love mm-hmm. for Mary and Martha and Lazarus. But just, again, we can relate that to our own selves, his deep love for us and his awareness that, yeah, as you go through hard things, um, he doesn't necessarily promise us that that we won't have hard things, but that he will walk with us through them. And I, and something else too that that kind of jumped out at me is that he he ministers to both of the sisters in different ways. And so he kind of meets them where they're at. Both of them ask that that question: mm-hmm. If you would have been here, which again I think is a statement of belief. I know who you are, Jesus. That's I've good, seen Nick. you do mm-hmm. all these things. True. Um, but when he interacts with Martha which is the first sister that comes in, he speaks truth to her. And he ministers to her and reminds her of things and says, hey, do you, you know, like, I am right. the resurrection and the life. Do you believe this? And she said, well, yeah, I do believe it. And, and then with Mary, he, she comes to him, and he, he really ministers to her with this presence. Um, he doesn't really say much, mm-hmm. just says, hey, where's the, where's the body laid? goes to the tomb, he sees all the people weeping, sees, sees Mary weeping, and then he weeps with her. You mm-hmm. know, the famous mm-hmm. shortest verse in the Bible, right. Jesus wept. Right. But it's, it's within this realm of, of the way he's ministering and meeting both of those sisters where they're at. That's really good. I never considered that. Yeah, that's really great. I think, too, um, when Jesus, the verses that you talked about, when Jesus says, I'm the resurrection and the life, right after Martha says, like, hey, you know, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. 
like we as humans, and maybe I'm just speaking for myself, but just we have a small picture. Like we only mm-hmm. see like what's in front of us. And for her, she's like, my brother died and um, you didn't do anything about it, right? But I think this is such a comfort to me because Jesus, like he's in the long game. Like mm-hmm. there's something mm-hmm. bigger that he's doing and like working through and working in us. And so that's like those verses that you're talking about. It's like, hey, I am the resurrection and the life, you know, and it, it just goes against, you know, everything like our instinct. You know what I mean? If that makes sense. But um, that is like such a comfort to me. It's like there's a bigger picture yeah. that I can't see. No, that's so, absolutely yeah. right. When I think even in this passage, a few different times, Jesus will say specifically that this is happening so that you might believe or that you might see my glory. Mm -hmm. And again, it doesn't always make it easier. It's It's still going to hurt. There's Mm -hmm. still hard things that we go through. But there is this, I think, perspective shift that Jesus is wanting his disciples, wanting us Mm -hmm. to see as his people, that that there's things that are greater that we don't even know about, Mm -hmm. that, that he's wanting to work in us and then also work in around us. And you see that with the way he, even at the moment where he's at the tomb and he, he he's talking to his father, he's raising mm-hmm. Lazarus to the dead so that people might believe and see his glory, which again, I think is a good yeah. reminder for us in the midst of what you're going through to, to just be, just kind of take a step back and go, Lord, there must, there's something here that I'm going to trust you in because there's, there's things I don't see and you do. The understanding that there's a bigger, there's much, there's much more, there are many more things happening at that moment and to keep your eyes, not just on what's right in front of you, but to look around. That's right. Step back and look around. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And to trust like the character of God. Absolutely. Know, he is. That's Absolutely. good. Nick, is there something in this passage that maybe you didn't notice the first time you read it, but maybe that you caught the second or the fifth or the hundredth time that you read it? Yeah, I think I think we've talked about a few of them, just the way he specifically ministers to Mary and Martha. Mm. Um, I think another thing, though, if you kind of walk through the way Jesus intentionally waits, the couple days ends up going when he knows is the right timing. I think the, the other part of this passage that's been super encouraging is this idea that God's timing is always purposeful. It's almost like... Like the different moments of our lives when we wait, and again, as we know, anytime we have to wait is hard. Right. But it almost seems like this passage reveals to us that that he he kind of brings waiting into the moments. Like he 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 kind of curates waiting in order to work out his plan as well as to teach us. And so I think the one of the statements that I've just been kind of reflecting on is this idea that God's timing is always purposeful. And, and in this passage, we're reminded that when we have to wait, we can hope mm. because we see that Jesus is who he is. He's working in all of it. He meets us where we're at. And so, and so that I think becomes the giant, the more, the, the larger story, the larger theme is that we can hope in Christ mm. when we're waiting because we know his timing is always perfect. Again, doesn't always help help take away the pain, but it definitely helps turn our eyes up to him. I think I love the idea of there's hope even in the pain and in the wait. Um, I needed that today. Um, just the reminder, you know, the waiting of life and the things that we think should happen, but God's timing is different and he's in, he's in the details. Mm-hmm. Well, and something that you said too, Lindsay, just that because he's outside of time mm-hmm. and he's larger than it mm-hmm. all and he sees this, this full picture, then time to the Lord 
isn't anything that can bind him. Now, obviously, we're bound by it, and we do have to sit in the present, but because we know who's with us and who's in control of it all, um, we really can stand on him, Mm. um, rest in him, trust, trust him, which, again, I think the whole gospel of John, the author, John, is wanting to just keep pointing us to the the largeness of who Jesus is. Do you see who he mm-hmm. truly is? He wasn't just a teacher. He wasn't just a rabbi. He was the pre-incarnate God. Like he was, he is God. And, and he took on flesh and, and he wants us to see the magnet, the magnitude of that so that we can keep believing. Yeah, that's good. I think the question in my mind now is where am I putting my hope? Cause you're talking about hope. Am I putting my hope in my own strength or in my own circumstances, my own identity, um, or am I putting it in something bigger, right? The character of God and, um, you know, who, who God is and his faithfulness, where am I putting my hope? So right. I, same as you, I'm like, Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Tell us, Nick. You know? <laughs> well, and I think it, it, that's part of, part of what it yeah. means mm-hmm. to follow Jesus. I mm-hmm. think for all of us, I mean, in some ways we have to caution ourselves cause we can talk a good game you can be listening to this podcast and can be going, oh yeah, I, I know that, I got that. But then when you're in a season or you're in a mm-hmm. situation where something happens, and again, we see that in the care world, in my world at church, where there's these real hard things that we go through. Um, and, and it's in those moments you go, well, I can't fix it. I can't just strategize out of this. Right. I need to trust and cling to Jesus, who is the hope, who is the resurrection and the life to go, Life doesn't end at death. Mm-hmm. And so what that means is even if I can go through the hardest moment in my life, there's still something that the Lord is doing in it to bring glory and that I can trust in. Um, and again, I think that's why this passage is so rich for us, um, where he is the resurrection and the life. That becomes the, the linchpin of the passage, but you see all these other things working, which is just, which is beautiful because that's he's really, really ministering to our souls. That's really great. I think I want to come back to, um, you guys have both mentioned the verse, Jesus wept. And that was the verse for me that you read it and you're kind of like, okay, cool. Jesus is crying. But like when you really kind of sit with that, it's very powerful. And I think for me, I am a, um, deep feeler. I just, I feel emotions pretty profoundly and, um, just going through a lot of work personally, internally, just, you know, how do you listen to your emotion and how you pay attention to it? But kind of looking at that word, Jesus wept. And I think there's some couple other kind of um, pointers in this passage of how Jesus was deeply moved and he felt great sorrow. And Jesus was moved by emotion by the death of his friend. And there's something really powerful about that. And I think when we go through our own, when we have maybe family members who pass away or there's crisis or trial in our own lives, we have a God who is, who has been there, you know, and we have a God who is not distant or apathetic or disengaged. He knows what this feels like. And that is such a great comfort to me, mm-hmm. um, that he is, he wept by it. Um, and also too, the, um, that is the ESV translation. I don't know what you read there, Nick, but, um, the NLT, the new living translation says that Jesus was angry. Um, so there's like a tie there between mm-hmm. anger and grief and he was, he's angry at death, right. And that mm-hmm. his friend died. So I just think that's really, um, powerful to kind of talk about Jesus being a person with emotion, you know, and how 
the how powerful and important grief is and lament is and anger towards the things that aren't right and not the way the world should be. Um, that kind of, I was like, okay, that's, that's good. No, I think there's so much to that because I think there are a lot of times we kind of stuff emotions away mm-hmm. and don't want to address how we're feeling or what, what we're experiencing in the moment. And I think this passage is one that really shows us that the humanity of Jesus in the, in his, res, the fact that he had the resurrection power. So he, you know, he's fully God and fully man. So he goes through all of the emotions that we go through. And that's something that we don't really talk about a lot. Totally. And I think both of you are hitting on just some of the, the, the depth of this passage. And I think you, you see the emotion, which again, gives us permission. Mm. It reminds us also that, that he can relate, you know, something that's not in this passage per se, but something I think about is that Jesus, most, most historians would say that he lost his father, you know, at some point between the age of 12 and when he started his ministry. And so we know he's walked through death. He's walked, he's walked through loss. And we see it here. He's walked through this loss. Um, and he, he weeps at it. Um, but at the same time, and I think, Lindsay, you mentioned there is this even deeper, I think, issue going on where he's angry at, at again, how sin and death has hurt the people he loves. And you think about that, 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 that heart of God, you think about his heart for all of what's going on in the world. I mean, sin, sin brought death. Sin brings brokenness. Mm-hmm. Sin brings evil and all the disasters. And, and it does grieve him. And, and he isn't just sitting idly by. Mm-hmm. Um, he has stepped in and he's done the ultimate rescue and in, 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 in stepping into, into living, dying, and rising from the dead. Um, but ultimately, he continues to bring and work his plan, even through the hard things and through the brokenness. But we see here, Jesus, is, I think his anger is again at sin and death and what it's doing. Mm-hmm. I think it's an important thing to see. Um, and you've talked a little bit about how this passage helped you when you were in middle school. Um, so what is it for you? And how is your life different because of your understanding of this passage? I think this is a passage I go to often when I want to just think about how God is in control, that God knows all that I'm going through and he cares. And again, just like so many passages, just just kind of call us to believe, to trust that, you know, when Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life, it it just doesn't mean that he is going to bring about the resurrection, but that he Mm. is the resurrection. He's the very source of life. And actually, that means he's the only one that is able and can conquer death and sin. And he does it for us. And so, so all these things kind of come together in this one passage. Mm-hmm. And, and so do I read John 11 every month? Probably not. I mean, again, it's, it's, but it's one of those passages that, that so is embedded in, in my life that, mm-hmm. that when I do think about these hard moments or moments when I'm, I'm kind of prone to doubt or prone to fear, it just, it just kind of reminds me, all right, God's timing is perfect. He is who he says he is, and he sees me in the moments, and he will meet me where I'm at. And so continue to be honest, continue to, to walk this road that's hard, but, but keep my eyes looking to him. It's kind, of, it's kind of the thing that I keep resting on with this passage. Amen. That's really great. Well, before we wrap up, is there a main idea that you think God wants us to take away from this passage? Anything additional that you would add like you said, just I would just say everything. hope in Christ, hope <laughs> yeah. in Christ during the waitings of life or the struggles of life or the hard things, just hope in him because of all that this passage points us to, along with 
all the rest of God's word too. Right, right. But but we can can cling to him and we Mm -hmm. have a lot to be grateful for today. That's great. Thanks so much, Nick. Would you mind um, closing in in prayer for us? I'd love to. I'd love to. Thanks. Lord Jesus, thank you for your your word that is living and active and, and speaks to us. And I pray for all of us that are here, that are listening, that God, that you would continue to, to use this passage and so many others to keep pointing us to yourself, to make us more like Christ, to, to cause us to hope in him, to trust in him, no matter what we, we might be going through today. We, we love you. Thank you for your mercy, your grace, and your life. And we pray all this in Christ's name. Amen. 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 Thank you so much for listening. You can find this episode wherever you listen to podcasts. See you next time.